Welcome to Try Talking Sport, the podium podcast for athletes, adventurers and endurance enthusiasts, hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. I hope you all had a fabulous new year and flew through your first week of 2020 with a smile on your face whilst managing to stick to your new year's resolutions, whatever they may be. We have lots of plans for 2020, both on the podcast and beyond. And you'll be glad to hear I'll be cropping up on the finish line of lots of great races and also at a number of other sporting events this year, which I'm very excited about. I'm also getting back into the routine of some consistent training myself, which is one of my goals for 2020. And although some of the more recent dark and very cold and wet mornings have made it difficult to get out of bed at 6.15am, the lure of getting the training done early in the day And more importantly, the banter with my training buddies has made it that little bit easier to get out of my warm bed. Plus, to be fair, the crew on the January Fitness Challenge are full of motivation as they rock through their 15 hours of fitness this month, so they're definitely keeping me on my toes. If you're thinking of taking the plunge into triathlon this year, then the first port of call for your information, support and encouragement is your own local tri club. You can find out about the clubs in your area by contacting your National Triathlon Federation. In Ireland, it's Triathlon Ireland and in the UK, it's the British Triathlon Federation. Further afield, a Google search should garnish you with some great results. It's well worth also checking out the many new to try or beginner triathlon events that are being posted over the next couple of weeks with lots of information and insight on the sport of triathlon and lots of information from club members who are hosting those events. For the ladies in triathlon, regardless of your level of participation or interest in the sport, do check out the Private Women for Try Facebook group, which is filled with insight, information, and in many cases, inspiration to help you not only take your first steps to triathlon, but it might even help you to improve your performance in 2020. Now, please also feel free to get in touch with me directly. I'd be happy to help you get on the right track and get started on your triathlon journey this year. Now to today's episode, where I chat with Irish ice swimmer, yes, you heard me correctly, ice swimmer, Jer Kennedy from Dublin, who recently became the first man in the world to complete the seven ice swims. It's like the equivalent of the seven oceans, but the swims must be one mile in length under standard ice swimming rules where there are no wetsuits and no neoprene hats and the water temperature is at minimum five degrees or less. Jer's CV is seriously impressive. He is one of the world's most determined and dedicated ice swimmers, breaking boundaries and pushing his body to the limits through endurance sport. He took up the sport about eight years ago and has gone from strength to strength on a local and international scale, traveling the world to follow his passion for ice swimming as a participant, a supporter and a facilitator. He has been nominated for the 2019 World Open Water Swimming Association's World Open Water Swimming Man of the Year in recognition of his outstanding performance and offerings around the globe. If you get a chance, please take a couple of seconds to vote for Jer. He would really appreciate it. Simply go to the website www.worldopenwaterswimmingassociation.com and vote for Jer Kennedy. Ice swimming was something that I was aware of, but not very knowledgeable about. This interview with Jer was hugely illuminating and enlightening. I hope you enjoy it. Jer Kennedy, living in Dublin, has recently completed the Ice Seven Swims. That sounds very cold, Jer. Uh, it, it's a concept that was actually created a few years. Was given a personal challenge. Ice swimming is kind of like an endure, any endurance sport has. There's always a next. There's always, you know, somebody doing double what you've done or somebody doing longer what you've done. That's just the way endurance sports 
works so myself and a world of water swimming guru steve monotones plus with ram barkai from south africa from the ice swimming association we created a, we we actually created a challenge of uh, seven ice miles including a zero ice mile you know seven continents or or twice in a polar region now tell me a little bit more about ice swimming. They came up with a term in 2009 when they started the Ice Swimming Association. The term was, you know, anything below five degrees is, is the new buzzword of ice swimming. You know, winter swimming, ice swimming has been around. Winter swimming has been around for forever. But the term ice swimming was a categorise of five degrees and lower. Put into context here, an ice, so you swam a mile in water temperature less than five degrees like, how, how yeah. do you, well, like, first of all, how long does it take you to swim a mile at, at that cold water temperature? For me, I mean, obviously, you know, don't forget, you're only allowed to wear togs, cap and goggles, you know. So there's no wetsuits? No wetsuits allowed. Oh, no. mother of God. No, I know. I know. It's terrible. But no wetsuits allowed. No footwear, no handwear. It's literally as plain and simple as that. Small bit of Vaseline for chafing, that's it. Or earplugs allowed. That's that's the rules and that's the way it's been done at the minute. So you've completed a one mile swim in Europe, Asia, Africa, Oceania, South America, North America. A polar one also. Yeah, it was North Norway. What they done was, in fairness, it, I think because of Antarctica is so expensive to get in and out of and the permissions to swim there is extreme actually uh privilege to swim there they created the polar regions as one so you have anything over 70 degrees north and anything is 64 degrees south which is antarctic antarctic peninsula so they've actually combined those two so i done the polar region first which is north norway very top of norway you know so you know because of antarctic is you know it's just very few people can afford to go down there i don't think any of us can conceptualize how cold it must have been. I mean, Black Rock on a warm day in Galway is still flipping cold. I mean, how do you <laughs> yeah. train yourself no, you, to be able for that kind of swimming? You, you do. It's 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 quite extreme. Training I do, of, there was no books. There was no nothing. We had some advice from various people. Take it to the next level was into a total unknown. How do we do this? How do we do that? So I used to go over to Russia quite a lot, especially Siberia. And I used to train there and I'll peak there. adapt myself from coming from Dublin to these extreme regions and actually be able to swim in zero degree against kind of people who actually live there. And what's a normal training routine for you? How do you get yourself used to the cold? The early years are the hard years when you're trying to you're trying to push through a pain barrier of distance and saying, okay, I'm going to go for a thousand meters in say the Irish Sea at seven degrees, which is a big swim. And then it drops down in temperature, you're going to six degrees, a thousand meters, 1200 meters, 1500 meters. And then you go into a mile distance, you know. So the, the first few years are extremely difficult. And you were kind of, I was classed as a bit of a weirdo as well, and, uh, which I got that a lot on because I used to come out sometimes crawling up the steps in the 40 foot hour, pretty beaten up or um, couldn't drive the car afterwards for a little while, couldn't get dressed properly. So it was a lot of, a lot of people now that sort of eventually they, they kind of got what I was trying to do as they actually seen the proof of actually where I was going and what I was doing. So how many people have completed the Ice 7 swims? There's only two of us. A mate of mine, Jamie Monaghan, was the first lady to complete it, first person and lady. And I'm the first man to do it, first man in the world to do it. It's pretty cool because it's, you know, I said, when you get on over years, you know, achievements, a first in the world is some, 
very rare, you know, in, in, in general endurance sports anyway, to, to be able to push boundaries where there's very few men can actually go to the level where I'm at now. They're chasing me. Young fellas are chasing me. So where did this interest in ice swimming come from or how did you get started on this endurance uh, journey, Ger? Yeah, interesting. It was about 2011. I was pretty beaten up. Uh, I had brutal arthritis in my hips and my knees. It turned out to be hereditary. It was, I, I, was, I wasn't a great triathlete. I was okay. I could handle it. I could handle more pain than anything else because that's what it mostly was for me. It wasn't enjoyment. It was just total pain. I kind of, you know, I was very badly beaten down and I was really suffering mental health, suff suffering badly. So I was down to 40 foot walking around. And some fella says to you, what are you walking around for? I said, ah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. And he says, strip off there and get into the water there and clear the head or whatever. And I did. I jumped in, walked down the steps, lasted about 0.2 of a second during winter. I started to, you know, be interested. I interested in the cold first, and then I realised there was actually there's an there's an endurance sport in this. I didn't even know what ice swimming was. I hadn't a clue. So how do you go from swimming in the forty foot to then going on to train so much to represent Ireland at world championship level to go and represent Ireland in different championships across the world? I mean, your CV is absolutely incredible in terms of. The achievements that you've had over the past number of years. What is it now? Is it eight, nine years to 2020 since you started? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I'm a very driven guy. You know, it's if you give me half a chance, I'll I'll start pushing hard, especially training because I was always used to hard training. And training would be like I do do a lot of pool work, a lot of fitness work in the sea. I do long distance. If the temperature is warm, I train long usually I'm like one of these supermodels they only get out of bed for five degrees you know <laughs> you can quote me on that one <laughs> you know but uh, yeah that's a new one I did and I, I I enjoy people and I love traveling and um and I, I just did I met so many amazing people and they they really helped me and they kind of got me where I was I was doing these no limit swims which are pretty dangerous pretty extreme even my, I have my own personal cardiologist at one stage, the Cry Clinic in Dublin. So in Tala, we had a lot of, there was a lot of stuff behind me there. That was, it was all the good ingredients to make, um, to make me push on further. That my body could take it, it can take it in a safe way and come back. Because I, I, I imagine um, ice swimming isn't for everyone. Like not everybody will be able to deal with that pain threshold. No, no, and I, I say to people, it's not for everyone. You know, there is an enjoyment in this, as in, I, I'd really admire people that go down to the 40 for every morning, every afternoon, uh, they're of age or whatever, because that's where I, I sit there in the middle of them, I love them to bits. And, you know, they go in, it could be down, they call, you know, 10 strokes out, five out and five back. They still get the enjoyment out of winter swimming or, you know, it wouldn't even have to be ice swimming. So for people you know, to try and chase these kind of extremes like I did or miles, you know, you know, it's a difficult journey. And do you really want to go to there? Do you need to go there for those reasons? Or can you not just go and compete at a thousand meters or less and, and just be happy and, and compete as a swimmer, as a, as a technique, as an ice swimmer, you can compete, but you don't have to go into this kind of super endurance pain thresholds, which is not for everyone. It's really not. If I 
if I showed you some of the recovery videos now, it would be to uh, it would be a group tube status now. You know? And in terms of training, Ger, like talk us through what a typical training session or a training week maybe looks like when you're when you're doing your ice swim or when you're getting ready to take on an ice mile. What a typical week of training would look like because I don't think anyone who's listening to the show will really have an appreciation of what it takes to be able to withstand the cold, but also the type yeah. of training that you might need to do. Okay, well, I'll do, like, I'm ready for a, a swim in Antarctica now. That's coming up in, I leave on February the 12th for Antarctica. I'm a, I'll be doing extreme ice mile down there in inside the Antarctic Circle. So, as at the minute now, I make sure you have total preparation for just for that swim. That took three and a half years just to plan this, this technical swim, with permissions from the Argentinian government and also from the... Um, expedition companies and various people that I need to talk to actually. So anyway, so my typical week last weekend, I was just back from Wales. Um, I, tr- I went over to train Saturday and Sunday in a place called the Brecon Beacons, which is a very cold uh, mountain region, a national park in Wales. And that's generally where the SAS or various armies, British army train. So there is quite extreme. The temperatures are very high here. So I jumped off to a friend of mine and we'd done, um, say, it was 1,400 metres and three degrees. And then went down to do a river swim at five degrees, another 1,200 metres and then rest. And then the next day we'd done actually 1,500 metres in three degrees again. And then there was a small sort of hike on top of that, which is uh, part of what we do as well. We also use a respiratory system to start hiking. We can't, you don't just swim, we actually start hiking up various hills because it's all part of your your grit and stamina required to do sort of more endurance swims. So talk to me about this because um, you would presume uh, maybe incorrectly that all you would do is is swim the distances and maybe do some strength and conditioning in the gym. But this hiking side of things, I would never have even imagined that you would be doing that. Yeah, it, it's, it's very important. And I say this to a lot of endurance swimmers, if you keep attacking the cold, it, it won't, you know, cold... A human body is not supposed to survive in these kind of environments. So if you keep repetitively doing it, it's not good for your body. Now, I'm talking about distance now. You, you can have a plunge every day, no problem. But if you're doing distance of over 1,000 meters five, six times a week, it's not healthy for your body. Uh, it's not good for your organs. It's not good for your respiratory. You get lethargic. You know, there is art, there is effects from it. So what I do is I do the opposite. So obviously hiking is a part of it. I do a lot of pool work. I'm in the pool at 6 a.m. Monday to Thursday, and we do an hour and a half session, usually about 5K a session. Push hard, you know, and that keeps the fitness up to be able to, the body to be able to take more punishment when you go to these kind of environments, you know. And how important is the support crew around you as well, Ger? I can imagine that, um, you know, when you come out of the water, you need to have people on the shore with whatever it is that you're going to need to warm back up to bring your temperature back up. But I presume that you need to do it at a very slow level or would there be issues if you got warm too quickly? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you need to have total trust in your crew. There's, there's very few places in the world where you can go to your absolute limit, which, you know, Siberia is kind of, there's a couple of places there where I go where they do high level recovery, which is like you're swimming. I swam two kilometers in 0.2. And the, the body, no thermometers work any, anymore on you. So your body could drop to 29 or 28 Celsius. And how they can lift that body from 
they use a hot tail method and it's obviously how your body can react to have you done your base training have you done all the hard stuff to actually ex- the body to accept the, what's coming to it it's it's pretty extreme and it, it's something i've only videoed once because i i did show it once at a conference just to try and educate people that we're we're actually fairly skilled at what we do now we're not just go to our limits to our eyes rolling our head we do that but again we want to come home for to our families and stuff so for the likes that that swim has took me say 40 minutes and my recovery was was coherent at 15 minutes afterwards two kilometer swim so afterwards i was actually speaking to the camera at 15 minutes so i just had to prove that prove that we're not just these ridiculous men that are or women that go you hand ourselves over to these safety people and they have to revive us through boiling our blood or something or heating us or a hook you know lots of hooks work for sure so i was kind of educating the audience and that was a that was a world up water swimming conference with with a lot of people there with olympic champions with olympic swimmers uh, coaches you know i try to educate them look we do go to these limits and we like it's like going to everest you know why do you go to everest you know, you go to a death zone, you know, oh my God, it's nuts. But then you, you you try and educate people, look, this is what happened, this is what I've done. And so I was doing the same process, you know. Were you, are you ever afraid getting into the water, Jerry? Oh, yeah. I shook myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, I, I am. How do I say it? You have to control that. There's up, you have to control your fight or flight. You know, you get to the side of the pool, you're in quite, like for me to go to Siberia into a backyard against two huge Russians, Russian guys. One was out there to, kind of beat me for sure and it's very intimidating so you have to control your blood pressure you have to control your respiratory and you have to believe in that you're, you're okay you're, you're going to get into this water and great safety around you and you're going to get into the water and you're going to be able to do your best what what's the coldest water you've ever swam in uh, it was minus one minus one is seawater minus seawater goes down to minus 0.7 uh, I'd say the water in Antarctica where I'm going, I'd say would probably be a minus minus reading minus reading. So we're, I'm a, ready for that. So my side going to be minus one or zero. I, I mean, I can't fathom how cold that's going to be. No, it's it's. I, I don't want to scare your listeners either too much. You know, it's it's. How could idea. we get a How could we get a sense of how cold it is? You know, if we were to do an experiment uh, at home. How would you how no. would you figure it out? The only way I can tell you is some of the body reactions that, that happens to my body. And it, it always happens because the body will react like you would and I would. Yeah. I mean, I can do 40 minutes, uh, say, in zero degrees. Or my ice bath record is an hour and 15 minutes in proper, like, floating ice. So how do you, how do you get to these extremes? But the effects is very important because if I do... What happens to me, I've learned over more, the very low temperatures is that my my, org, my organs internally start to hurt, like my, especially my kidneys. The closest organ outside your body, around your love handle area, they actually could be paining me and I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to hold down water for about two or three days because my re- kidneys are reacting to, they're trying to recover. That was a new kind of thing the past few years that I'm very cautious of. Uh, forget about your fingers and toes. I think they they there's no long term damage in them for me anyway. But it's your it's your organs that get affected. Uh, I think my especially the kidney areas, yeah, absolutely. When you go to those super extremes, I think they get more affected, and I I don't think that's a healthy thing. So you you can't just do multiple distance swims. 
I think just do one every couple of years and then back out of it and let the body heal and stuff. And to be honest with you, I've had no long-term injuries. And how is your arthritis now and your, your mental health following all of these activities? Uh, excellent. It's very good. The arthritis, I've got, well, the other hip is not too bad. It's, I haven't seen my physio in about three years, which is kind of good, maybe four, because I've no shoulder injuries now. So it's been really good. Excellent. The thing about it's funny, I mean, when you get to icy water, it kind of numbs everything, you're, including your injuries. You know, a lot of triathletes now, I'm assuming that they're all, they're all doing plunging and stuff and putting their legs in and after hard runs and marathon runners and stuff. And even, you know, you see rugby players, they're all doing it because there is something in it. So it kind of kind of sort of numbs all that stuff, which is great, you know. And the sea is a wonderful therapeutic thing that we're very lucky to have on the island of Ireland here as well, that we're surrounded by the sea, no matter where you are on the coast, you know, that you get the opportunity to jump into Black Rock in Galway or the 40-foot in Dublin or there's lots of swimming locations down in in Cork as well. But we wouldn't recommend for anybody to try and start uh, ice swimming by going out on freezing cold days. If somebody wanted to do a bit of ice swimming, Ger, where's the best place for them to investigate it out or to find out more information about it? Well, there's a small association here, which is IISA Ireland, which is International Ice Swimming Association. And it's the Ireland branch of that. So... Uh, Tiffany Quinn heads up that and that's been around since 2015 so there's an education program there involved in what to do where to go who to train with various things and there's you know there's a lot of information there that that people could you generally have to reach out and find a group like Galway I can see a good few people swimming down there Dublin loads here uh Clare you know north of Ireland Cork, there's lots of groups there. Some are going to ice swimming levels or some aren't. But you know what? You have to start off with just cold water first before you go near stuff we're at, you know. And cold water without a wetsuit. Uh yeah. And it takes time and I I love to see people progress. I get like with Antarctica, there's there's 17 people coming with me to Antarctica because I'm the expedition leader. You're talking about I'd say 14 of them are total novice swimmers, ice swimmers total novice they're just normal people that go into sea and bunge and uh, uh, plunge and bathe and stuff but i wanted novices to come with me that you know to have a 50 meter swim in antarctica would be their pinnacle that's i'm thrilled to be able to support that and Ger, you you do an awful lot of work and support and help with other people encouraging motivating and supporting them to complete their own ice and winter swimming challenges i mean the list of people that you've supported individuals groups you were race director and event director for a number of different swims and everything as well you know you facilitated a lot of people to follow their passion for swimming absolutely and, and st- still at it i've taken a step back a tiny bit now with events and stuff just to uh, i think you know i've just i'm just slightly done if you know what i mean but it's in a good way but i'm, I'm supporting channel swimmers ice swimmers aspirations to do different things once there's a good passionate story behind it my coaching's free. Um, I give you advice free as long as there's a there's a good reason why you're doing this or tell me your story. I'll meet you for a coffee and tell me your story. And if a feeler is going to take and move on, well, then, sorry, not for me. Uh, but if you come with a passionate story and if you're, handy, you're becoming an ambassador for your area, say, for instance, Wex- Wexford or Gory or whatever, well, then you're going to influence other people to follow your passion, which has been good to you. 
Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And it's no surprise, really, that, you know, you have been nominated for the Man of the Year for Outdoor Swimming um, or World Open Water Swimming for this year, and that you've been included in the world's 50 most adventurous open water men for the last three years. Yeah, yeah, pretty privileged for that. I, I was nominated in 2016, and I think it wasn't my time to, you know, there's only 12 people, two of them, well, two of them are Olympic champions of 10 kilometer swims and one is actually uh, he's tipped to be the olympic champion in tokyo so you're up at that level it's pretty cool to see your name up there and i'm i'm very thrilled over that so if people want to support you Jer, and they want to vote for the uh, world open water swimming man of the year uh, how do they do it world open water swimming association website there's a link there you'll see vote uh, 2019 and you'll see my name down there it's there's no membership sign up literally just touch it vote and per device you're allowed to vote or else go into my own facebook feed jerry kennedy uh you'll see a link there or my instagram you'll see a link there i'm not great in social media because i don't i do it i do it a bit but i'm not great at it but anyway you'll find it there appreciate it you vote i think it's worth a go i think it's um i've got i pass it around a lot than normally i normally play down these things but i think it's my time in terms of fueling uh, for these events, I mean, what sort of food do you eat to get ready for these events? Not, not really a great secret. It's um, be honest with you, just a balanced diet with me all the way. Meat and two veg, man. No big, no great shakes. And what about, you know, no. for just before the swim or, or after it, what, what do you take for recovery afterwards? It's hot drinks, you know, afterwards. It's, it's, oh, it's real old school stuff, this is, you know, like, I mean, you're talking about hot soup kind of stuff. We don't really have tea and coffee. It's kind of like hot juice or hot Ribena. It's kind of sugary stuff. A can of Coke sometimes actually lifts the lifts the sugar levels when you're taking such a the body's taking such a hammering. And then afterwards, then it's uh, old school Russian vodka. Away you go. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get that on the finish line of an Ironman. <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. No. Or a triathlon in general. Uh, um, no, no, it's funny, and, and that's. It's as simple as that. Just a good, solid, balanced diet. You know, I have carbo carbo drinks like everyone else. You know, I don't carbo load because you have to, in, in swimming, you have to empty your stomach maybe even fill it. Sorry, um, go back to that. You have to empty your stomach? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I have to empty the stomach because if you, if you say, for instance, like a typical pasta dinner or whatever, the stomach then pushes on the lungs and you find you actually cannot, I, I find I can't breathe. get a breath. Okay. I can't breathe correctly. So I don't carbo load any of that kind of stuff because I'm actually, I don't go depleted either. I go in just nice, you know, breakfast about three hours beforehand, very simple digestive breakfast and, you know, eggs or whatever, and no coffee because that elevates the blood pressure. And uh, again, just once you have a reasonable stomach, because you'd be surprised when you have a big fail. It's like when you were kids. Don't eat before you swim. Let your parents just say that you digest, let the food digest. It's actually great. In terms of breathing, because it's one thing to put your body into the water. As we all know, when you go to start a race or whatever, you put your body into the water. But it's when you put your face in and you start to get the brain freeze. That's when it all becomes very real. And and some people panic. Yeah, exactly. The lateral gag reflex from cold is, is, is the killer. And that's where the drownings, you know, unfortunately do happen because they go in there's a gag reflex and there's a panic and then the body reacts to that and it starts to hyperventilate where you're trying to get a breath and you can't. And then if the water's fresh water, you're going to start sinking. So 
unfortunately, a lot of the drownings when you hit cold water is it's fresh water and it's cold water and then the, the gag reflex happens, the cold water reaction, and then, you know, the person goes down. So you have to overcome that. And when you're swimming, Ger, uh, on those mile swims, um, you know, are you using like a, the, the stroke rate? Is it, you know, breathe every second turn, breathe every fourth turn? No, not really, no. It, it's literally trying to, it, trying to get myself in a very relaxed state where, in fact, you know, some of the swims I've done, I've actually gone so relaxed that I'm nearly swimming, I wouldn't say unconscious, but I'm nearly swimming in a trance where my, my second is trying to look for a signal from me to say I'm actually okay, which is usually a thumbs up, which you're allowed to do. But sometimes I've actually, I've gotten so far into a trance where I'm actually swimming well, but he's had to, had to either slap my head or slap my hand on the turn to actually kind of slightly wake me up out of this trance, you know. So how do you um, get into that trance? Is it a meditative state you get into before you swim? It, it is. It is, yeah. It's a kind of very relaxed. My pulse rate would be very low, mid-50s, quietly, confident. And again, start, I always start off slow and then build from there. I think it's only through going to these kind of places that uh, you develop that, I would say, experience. I don't do any yoga, meditation. It's kind of more experience that of saying, yeah, been here before. Uh, just go in. He's going to go faster than you. The first 100 metres, let him off and you'll catch him then at 1,000 metres. And what's been the highlight of your swimming career to date? I suppose, yeah, the two kilometre swim in, in Siberia was pretty extreme. That's what they call the no limit swim, where once you're able to signal to your team and you're able to rotate your arms and your timings is not gone so slow, like you could drop down to you could drop down to two minutes, 10 per 100, which is, which is slow for me, you know, but you're still actually okay. They they created a swim, which is no limits. So actually, we were able to go till we couldn't go no more. So there was no I finish line in sight. It, it was might, just keep going until you can't go further. Exactly. Yeah. So there was only me left in the pool and uh, they kept the lights on for me, which is good. I think that was it because it, it, to go to another country like that and go into somebody's backyard and with a very intimidating backyard is no English. Referee doesn't really want you to win either. Luckily, I had a great team that were able to watch my back while I'm swimming. My timing was correct. To get to that level, there's only five people have ever swam to that kind of level. You mentioned your team quite a bit, Ger. So how many people are on that support team generally? For a, for a swim like that, there could be five. You know, there's obviously, you, you have your, your the official second, they call it, which is your number one. And then there's obviously, you know, you're trying to have a bit more experience in your team. Somebody that's going to be at the end, say, for instance, like that swim, there was a there was a Coast Guard, Irish Coast Guard guy from Waterford, and he was waving an Irish flag at the end of it, banging the boards, stuff like that. You need all that kind of ingredients that, that you're looking up and you're seeing, you know, Irish people, you're seeing support and shouting, and, and, and they believe in you. They believe you can do this. And when you look up and see that, you, you will achieve it. Now, there's not many people have completed a 2K nonstop open water swim in temperatures, not degrees. There's a specific yeah. club for that, but there's very few people in it. Just to get to one ice mile zero is is an unbelievable achievement because it's it's so hard. You have no idea. It's it's like running back to back ultras for us. The amount it takes out of you just for thirty two minutes is just bananas. Like, so how long does it take to recover then, Jerry? That's the other question, I suppose. If you 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 do a one mile um, ice swim on a Saturday, you know when are you back training again, or or how long does it take for the body to to come back um, around? 
it does take a bit of time. Uh, like this weekend, I kind of just hit the sea this time. I didn't want to. I was obviously last weekend. I pushed it. Going back to the pool, the body loves the heat, so it recovers quicker. Go to lots of saunas, steam rooms. Uh, I don't generally do jacuzzis. I find it too difficult for me. So, uh, you know, you're, you're creating heat and recovering the body. And then this weekend, on a 1K swim, in the f- around the 40 foot there on Saturday. And then today I actually pushed it. So I'm up to, tr- I'm up to 3K in the sea now at the minute. And when you were swimming today, you know, what sort of safety devices do you have with you? Or do you have a crew with you that are, are on a safety boat? No, no, we, we have short loops in the 40 foot, say. So from the 40 foot around to the Sandy Cove, it's about 500 meters, 520 meters. So we call them loops. So I'm in there 520 meters. And for me to do six loops equals 3K. The, the get outs, I've got multiple things. The things that I don't feel good, I don't feel strong. I've got multiple points to get to land within 100, less than 100 meters. It's the only way we can sort of self-protect ourselves, that we're swimming away in loops and anything goes wrong, we just immediately get out. Or if somebody with me, or if I tell them to get out because there's no bravado, you're not trying to keep up with me or I'm not trying to keep up with anybody. So the recovery process or the difficulty, it usually happens. Like if people spend too long in the sea, they actually, they find it extremely difficult even to get dressed. Um, so how do you deal with the mental side of it, Jerry? It's one thing to be trained on the physical side and to be able to put up with the extreme temperatures that you're going to, but how do you train your brain for all of this? I don't know. Um, I, you know it's, I find it very hard sometimes, extremely hard. Uh, from these, as you see from the CV, there's kind of these multiple back-to-back sometimes, you know, which they come thick and fast because the opportunities arise or, you know, that's your path and you want to get to this number one spot and, you've, you know, there's people chasing it and I'm chasing it too. And I find when you get to these kind of massive goals, and I could hit goals for a year, maybe, big ones, some of them that no one's ever done, and then you have to restart the training process again. And I'm finding it harder and harder to do that. So I really have to dig deep to even restart myself into a go back to the pool and hammer in 20k a week, 25k a week, and then to ad- go back to the cold and start the, the November, you know, the acclimatizing training. It's, it's it, it does, it wears hard on you. And I think the only way I can do it is with company. I, I try and develop good people around me, uh, good positive people that want, some people want to go to the limit, some people don't. But I think generally uh, it's, the, it's the company I keep that has made me, you know, as strong as I am today, you know, mentally wise. Do you ever think about quitting? Oh yeah, for sure usually halfway through everything <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah they hit your wall you go oh here what am i doing here? oh it eases you you do i i think this is the difference you know and most endurance athletes out there they find this you know you get to a halfway point and you say what am i doing like oh for god's sake you took off too much and but you find those second and third and fourth gears that's when you find them because you know you're you're up against adversity, you know the bodies, you know you know how difficult it is with the situation you're in, but you find that second gear, third gear that moves you into that that into that endurance state, and then move you forward into that super endurance state, and this is why you have top level athletes doing things that people say, how did you do that? They find it hard to answer that question because it's in you, it's in you to move forward. When things are so tough, you say, okay, things are crap, but I'm going to finish this. Just you at the end of it. Sometimes you you don't you don't celebrate. Sometimes you, these goals and stuff you you quietly celebrate, but you 
you do and you don't. And the only when you I'm looking back now, reflecting, if you look back in your CV and you go, holy shit, like I did do a hell of a lot, like, you know. But it's a fine line of where, what's enough, you know, when to stop. Do you stop? What What's the next big goal for Jared Kennedy um, that if he could win, if he could win one race or complete one challenge in Uh, this decade, um, what's it going to be? Well, I'm kind of, the the beauty of of hitting your pinnacle of the I-7s was, and to get nominated for a World of Motorsport of the Year, I think, you know, there is nothing more. There is more, but if you're not satisfied with that, I think there's something wrong. For me now, you know, obviously the privilege of going to Antarctica and leading an expedition there, in February, we leave on the February 12th. For me, I'm actually under no pressure to, I'm going to swim down there and hopefully the weather's good to me and the crew and everything's ingredients are right. I'm going to do a record swim, but I've no pressure behind me to achieve it because I've already got to my pinnacle. I'm kind of more relaxed this year, even though what I'm going to tell you, you're going to go, you what? But, you know, I mean, I'm an endurance swimmer, and that's what I do, and I do push it hard. Uh, I train hard, push it hard, and Antarctica first, anyway. Antarctica first. Well, Jared, thank yeah. you so much for joining me on the show today. It's been a hugely insightful and informative conversation with you. And I hope that people who are listening do check out your own CV and also take the couple of minutes that it'll take to vote for you for the World Open Water Swimming Man of the Year 2019 because I think you are a credit to our country and you're a credit to the endurance athletes in the the country who you support but also to yourself and I think you're a huge inspiration to be leading the charge in Ireland really with the ice swimming the more we can do to educate people about it and to get more people involved in it I think that the better it will be for for everybody and I wish you every success with your expedition and with the Wowza Awards for 2019 I hope to see you coming home with the win. Yeah appreciate you and thank you for your time it's fantastic thanks as always for tuning in and a big shout out to everyone who has been listening and sending messages to me about the podcast so many great stories to be told we have people tuning in from all over the globe and I'd love you to say hello so pop me a mail a private message on social or get in touch via the website and don't forget to pop a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Facebook page Try Talking Sport I absolutely love hearing your feedback on the interviews If you have a suggestion for a guest, why not pop an email to trytalkingsport at gmail.com. That's try with an I, not a Y. Until next time, stay safe and keep smiling.